Creatures of the Night! Welcome to episode 152 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker! And, I mean, it's official now. This is officially our first episode knowing that that career is complete, but we're going to continue on until we finish up every single one of those matches here, uh, the only podcast dedicated to digging up the dead man one pay-per-view match at a time. Thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, the distinguished and deadly Mr. Travis White. And Travis, tonight, we're getting back into the swing of things. We're getting back to our journey through every pay-per-view. We're coming up on Bragging Rights 2009, and I'm I've just been racking my brain all day trying to figure out a situation where I've got bragging rights over you, something like that. And I got I, one. Uh, you got one? <laughs> the only one I'm oh, coming not, up not with is... Between us. The <laughs> only one I'm coming up with is like SmackDown vs. Raw, I think 2010 or 2011. And, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I ruined your me. your season mode. <laughs> you built up CM Punk as this epic uh, champion, and I came and stayed a couple of nights with you, and completely messed you up with Chris Masters out of nowhere, <laughs> and stole the world title away, and ruined your whole season. <laughs> you were very it was terrible, very upset. Yeah, yeah. I was like shoot mad for a minute, and I was like, wait, is this a video game? So I had to get over it. Remember that that's not that important. But, yeah, those are some bragging rights. I was going to say, I think, you know, you said at the beginning here that we're the only podcast digging up the career of a dead man. And I'm going to say yet. Because I got a feeling after this episode of The Last Ride where everything is over with, I got a feeling it's going to be like an official one or somebody else is going to tap into this. But I'm going to say that we have bragging rights as being the first ever only Undertaker podcast. <laughs> I love it. You're right, man. We're the innovators, <laughs> often imitated, never duplicated. We did back in the early days, like in the 20s or so, we had somebody doing a mm-hmm. imitation Undertaker podcast. They didn't get very far. They certainly didn't get to episode 152 like us. But, nope. you know, if Mark Calloway himself, a new one about it too. if he wants to do his own podcast, that's okay. Uh, obviously, he can do whatever he wants. It's his career. He gets first dibs on that. But any other any other person, I don't care if it's Conrad Thompson or uh, whoever wants to try to take our mantle from the Undertaker podcast mountain that we're on, no way. No way. I challenge him to a duel. We've got the bragging rights. We got bragging rights. That's it. We got bragging rights. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is unique, man. This is a uh, fatal four-way match. This is the only time you'll ever see this combo right here. Undertaker versus Batista, (laughs) CM Punk, and Rey Mysterio. A match that, I mean, really could have only happened during this time. It just screams 2009 here at you. But it's a match 
Yeah, unless you're a hardcore fan, I'm guessing you you probably have never seen, you probably have forgotten about. Uh, I know you or I had never seen it, so it's going to be fun to explore it, to see if we may have found a hidden gem uh, in the midst of all this here. But uh, man, I'm ready to dig into it. How about you? Yeah, me too. I'm look, looking forward to this one. I really wasn't on paper, uh, but this was a fun little match. The build-up eh, leads to something to be desired, but we'll get into that in just a minute here. So. Well, let's take this time traveling hearse back to 2009, and we're gonna pick up. It's been a few weeks, you know. We had our special edition two yeah. episodes covering the Last Ride series, going through all that, and man, we had some actually great numbers from our listeners. We got some great feedback from you guys. Uh, it was just the perfect time uh, with our 150th episode to to explore that. And I mean, it's a, it's a massive news with the undertaker actually formally retiring so you know we had to talk about it there we couldn't wait to talk about that but two weeks ago or or three weeks ago at this point we talked about hell in a cell 2009 the undertaker reclaiming the big gold belt the world heavyweight championship over cm punk fair and square right there in the middle of the ring decimated him and on this episode of smackdown october 9th 2009 jr says that tonight we are going to hear from the distinguished and deadly demon of death valley I don't know how he became mm. distinguished recently. <laughs> distinguished. Let's all add that to the nickname list. I guess that championship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'll go oh, with it. Oh, man. I'll Actually, take it. It's great. Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, Teddy Long is going to open the show here. And uh, if you'll remember, there's been a lot of drama with Teddy Long. He's on probation as a general manager. He's had this bizarre little side feud with Vince. Uh, and Vince keeps arguing with him about his picture being on the wall. And it's just these ridiculous Vince and Teddy segments. So that's going to continue to play into this build and continue to just be kind of WTF. Like, what What are we even doing here? But uh, Teddy yeah. is going to announce yet another brand new pay-per-view concept coming up. This is our third brand new pay-per-view in a row. And... Hell in a Cell stuck. Breaking Point did not. This one is not going to stick either. It'll it'll go on for one more year, but it is going to be the uh, aforementioned bragging rights with Raw versus SmackDown. And uh, we'll talk about why this concept failed, why we think later on in the show. But Teddy talks about, you know, the main event of that show is going to be this big Iron Man match between John Cena and Randy Orton for the Raw world title here. And CM Punk interrupts to make a great point and say, what are you doing? Why are you talking about the Raw main event here on SmackDown? (laughs) So Punk, he's legitimately upset. I I completely understand that here. And says, you need to focus on your job here on SmackDown. Name me the number one contender. Let me cash in my rematch clause. And Punk actually wants to just... Go ahead and redo the entire match from Breaking Point. He wants a submission match. He wants Scott Armstrong as the referee. He wants Teddy Long at ringside. He wants uh, Montreal Screwjob Part 197 here. And Teddy Long is arguing with him, saying that's not going to happen. And then Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon, is going to make his way out to get in the middle of these two guys here. Uh, 
And I, I just want to point out, we, we didn't really say this during the Hell in a Cell episode, Travis, but, you know, that whole buildup to that Hell in a Cell match was about how Undertaker kidnapped Teddy Long and he got his move, the Hell's Gate, reinstated, you know, because Teddy Long stripped him of that victory because the Hell's Gate was not legal at breaking point, led to the screw job and all that sort of stuff. But that whole build was all about that Hell's Gate submission, and that move did not play a part at all in that Hell in a Cell match. Like, they wasted all of that time with Teddy Long unbanning the move and didn't do anything with it. Yeah, that should have been the ending of Hell in a Cell. You have you're in the Hell's Gate and Hell in a Cell Punk can tap out. You know, it just it would have made so much more sense. But yeah, I think we were just so dumbfounded at the whole build up that we forgot to mention that. But yeah, great point there. Great point. Just an absolute waste and sloppy storytelling, which is kind of a, a trademark here during this era, as we'll we'll see here. But anyway, uh moving on. Teddy introduces Vince. Vince says, No, 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 that submission match is not gonna happen. He's uh, He says, actually, Teddy was about to announce that it's going to be a fatal four-way at the Bragging Rights pay-per-view. Like we just said, it's going to be Undertaker defending his world title against CM Punk, Rey Mysterio, and Batista. And Punk is ticked off about this. He doesn't want to waste his rematch in this big fatal four-way match. Punk starts keeps arguing with Teddy, and Vince brings out one of those competitors, Rey Mysterio, tonight. And Travis, I know you had a bone to pick with Rey Mysterio and Batista getting a title shot here. Yeah, they lost at Hell in a Cell to Jericho and Big Show, or Jericho Show, whatever you want to call it. They lost the tag team title match to them. So their reward for losing that match is to be thrust into the world title scene. <laughs> it just really shines a light on the deficiency in the main event here at SmackDown. Wins and losses don't matter, pal. It's about stars. <laughs> well, I guess so. <laughs> this might be where that started. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, yeah they couldn't. Yeah, yeah you, you you come out of the pay per view looking looking bad when you lose, and then you're just inserted into a title match. It's it's silly here, but uh, really, uh, we're gonna see here that this match, Undertaker and Punk's feud is really on the back burner to what's going on between Batista and Rey Mysterio. So we'll probably spend a lot of time talking about them more mm-hmm. than anything this week. Um, uh, Rey Mysterio picks up a win over Chris Jericho here. A uh, nice little match. You know, they've been feuding a lot in 2009, had a lot of really strong matches during this period. So Rey Mysterio does get a win here, uh, getting some momentum going in the pay-per-view. And then somebody who had no momentum ever at any point in their lives is Eric Escobar. And <laughs> hopefully this is the last time we talk about him. Any point in their life. <laughs> Was that too harsh? <laughs> no. Okay, I didn't think so. <laughs> uh, oh, man. He's with Vicky Guerrero here, and they're in Teddy Long's office for some reason, and Vicky and Teddy get into an argument. You know, they they always hate each other, and she's mad at Teddy for not booking Eric Escobar on the show tonight and warns him about provoking The Undertaker. And Teddy tries to say, no, Mr. McMahon's the one who made the match, and Vicky's like, uh-uh, be careful. You're still on probation. You know, you don't want to get on Mr. McMahon's bad side here. So, you know, just building into that a little bit more. Later on, uh, we get a segment with Batista and Rey Mysterio backstage, and uh, Rey apologizes for letting Batista down in that tag team match last night, at, or a couple nights ago at Hell in a Cell, and Batista says, that's all right, 
we're still in the main event at <laughs> bragging rights. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> he tells uh, Mysterio, Put that behind us, man. It's done. A lot of good stuff, man. You won tonight. I'm going to win tonight. We get to go to bragging rights, and you get to be in the ring when I win back my world heavyweight title. <laughs> what do you mean you're going to win? Yeah. What about me? I want to win too. I'm going to win. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Whatever happens, happens. Right. You know I love you, man. I actually, I, I love their feud right here. I love what it's building to. I love their chemistry. I love the storytelling between them over these few weeks. Um, just really good stuff between them backstage. Yeah, it's going to lead to something really fun and really cool to kind of, uh, uh, like you said, it's really at the forefront of this entire feud, even though it, well, this this match is a tale of two feuds, and yes. we'll get to that as we keep going. Yes, almost no crossover between Batista and Ray and Taker and Punk, those two feuds. They just kind of mishmashed into this one big match at the pay-per-view. The only time they really... Like the Cloverfield trilogy movies. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I'm just... I had to get them. No. I've only seen the first one, so I, I, I don't know. Uh, me too. But from what, what I've read, I've read the stories of the other two, and it seems like they don't really... It's just like one little instance that they cross over so mm. anyway go ahead <laughs> i just had to say i feel like randy turco could fill us in on that <laughs> probably well uh tony chimmel is gonna bring out our distinguished world champion the undertaker and i mean distinguished is a good word for it dude because I, I know we've said it before but in my opinion that big gold belt on undertaker that just looks perfect on him man that's He's the guy, as far as WWE is concerned, he's the guy I associate that belt with. I mean, Ric Flair, more than anybody, with that belt in general. But if you're talking just as the world heavyweight title in WWE, that's Taker's belt, in my opinion. Even though he didn't really hold it that long. Yeah, I look at, I see, if I see that title in WWE, I see him, Edge, uh, and Triple H. Those three are mm-hmm. the ones I really see with that belt. But yeah, him probably more than the other two. But yeah, you're right. It's just it looks really cool on him. And like you said the other week, it it wouldn't be the same with the spinner belt on him. Oh God, no! You know, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> uh, well, he cuts a promo here. Uh, he he's giving himself some more nicknames and says, "I am the Reaper of Wayward Souls. I am the World Champion, and this belt is the Holy Grail of everyone who steps foot in the ring." And then Taker takes the belt off and holds it in his hands, talks about the importance of possessing that title. Because every wayward soul would stray from crossing the path of the Undertaker. But now, consumed by the lust of fortune and fame, the recognition that this championship brings will lead them down a road for which they will be sorry they ever embarked. Because that road ends in my yard. Uh, And then a true professional here, Taker says, on October 25, 2009, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, selling the pay-per-view right here, says three men will tempt their fate on a new battleground called Bragging Rights. And then he goes one by one through his three opponents here. 
uh, says Punk may have escaped hell in a cell pretty easily since he only lost his title, but he's going to take his soul uh, in this match. He goes on to Mysterio and says his heart and his courage are legendary, but he will show him no mercy. Uh, so I guess he was confused about the pay-per-view here for a second. He forgot which one he was talking about. Got yeah, he said Battleground 2 is foreshadowing oh, like 2020 or 2019, whatever that was. <laughs> and Taker says, then there's Batista, whose our battles are legendary, but your strength will not save your soul. And Taker says, it's appropriate this match is called a fatal four-way, because each man will fall before the fatal shadow of the Undertaker, and one by one, they will rest in peace. And for a feud that has had... Just a random pairing of, of four guys here. That was a pretty good promo, in my opinion. Kind of made me actually care about it and, and uh, got me into it. Keep that uh, promo in your <laughs> mind, kids, because it's going to come back at the pay-per-view. Yep. Because <laughs> Taker does the only job of selling this match. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll give credit where credit's due. You know, we make fun of Tool Grisham on here a lot, but I actually liked a little one-liner he got in here. As he said, after this, no matter the odds or who his opponent may be, whenever the Undertaker is in the match, you always bet on black. So I'm sure he didn't come up with that, but... I'll give him credit for it, for saying it. <laughs> I thought it was a sure. decent one. <laughs> Absolutely. Were they in Las Vegas this night or something? They might have been. That Who would knows? make sense. Well, the main event is two of those other competitors. you got Batista and CM Punk. Uh, I'm sure it's not the only time these guys ever faced, but, man, uh, I can't remember them ever facing off. Man, it's kind of they were usually on the same side. Uh, both baby faces, but uh, and then Batista was injured a lot. But man, uh, it would have been cool if these guys ever got a pay per view match because uh, this was a pretty decent little match between them. And uh, Punk is on the outside. Batista's trying to give him a Batista bomb, and Punk wiggles back into the ring right at the count of ten uh, to get a cheap count out victory, sort of like a superstars or Coliseum video match right there. And. Uh, <laughs> Batista gets in the ring and immediately gives Punk a powerbomb anyway to send the fans home happy. But uh, Batista's uh, starting a streak of getting really frustrated here. Yeah, and this is going to lead to one of my favorite Batista entities, the the character of Batista. So yeah, going into the next week on October 16th, we open with an in memory of Lou, Captain Lou Albano. So I guess he passed away this particular week. And I think later on in the show, or maybe the next week, they give us like some clips and stuff like that. But um, I know he was one. He's one of the guys that I know Paul Heyman always talks about. Really got him in the business and helped him out early on. So he was a character, no doubt about it. You know, not. Oh yeah. Not a lot of Undertaker interaction for us to talk about with him. I uh, don't know if we've ever really even brought him up on mm-hmm. the show, but. I mean, just a memorable guy in the world of wrestling. Part of that rock and wrestling stuff with Cindy Lauper. So, uh, kind of played a pretty important role as far as the uh, the 80s heyday of WWE. Yeah, he was there for Hulkamanian stuff. So, yeah, very, very uh, big part of that. But, anyway, I just want to mention that because we've, we've touched on way too many of those in memories uh, over the course of this podcast. So, too many of our, <laughs> our uh, you know, guys we were fans of have passed away. But, anyway... Uh, we see Mr. McMahon, Vince, talking to somebody on the phone backstage, and uh, CM Punk walks up and interrupts him, and uh, Vince, of course, is always like, oh, I'll call you back. Like, what? Who are they talking to in the middle of the show? This is like a wrestling <laughs> trope. Like, who are they? <laughs> yeah. 
they talking to that's not watching them on live TV that knows they're being, you know, uh, approached by somebody? <laughs> probably his lawyer or something. He's probably getting sued by somebody. Yeah, Jeremy. <laughs> a sable or something. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, Paul kind of walks up to him and is like, you know, I'm not, not really feeling this fatal four-way match. And uh, he's like, I think you should do something about it. You know, Vince like, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, that's, this is why Teddy remains on probation. Remember, this was his idea. And uh, which, I, I mean, I'm kind of confused because it's like, was Teddy really going to say that last week or did Vince make it? And like, I don't know, because Vince is the one that made the match in the middle of the ring. So I don't know what they're trying to tell here because they don't they don't give you enough to, like, let you know what they're really saying. It's just kind of all muddled and honestly very confusing. Yeah, the Vince Teddy stuff is nonsensical. Like, I think it's actually like what it's like working with Vince McMahon. Like, I think he, oh, yeah. he forgets about it and he makes something up and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And uh, Teddy's just like, I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's very meta of them. Yes. It's very much how Vince actually is in real life. Well, um, Vince is like, you know what? I like that submission match idea you got, that one-on-one match, though. So, you know, uh, you know. I wish I had thought of that swerve back in Montreal at Breaking Point. Actually, his return match from Montreal really went, oh, it was unbelievable. You conspiring. It's you and Teddy Long and Scott Armstrong, the referee, all conspiring against The Undertaker to defeat him. I mean, I, I wish I could have thought of that. I would, that was brilliant. He tapped out. Well, you did you know, 12 <laughs> wink, years wink. ago. But yeah. anyway, uh, he's like, yeah, exactly. He's like, you know, I'll, I'll give you what you asked for last week, and it'll be next week on SmackDown. So Punk is excited about that, and they, you know, uh, shake hands. And he's like, you know, we'll redo the whole thing. You'll have Scott Armstrong and Teddy Long at ringside, and Punk is excited about it because why wouldn't you be? You're getting exactly what you asked for as the heel. So, so. later on, Batista and Ray again are uh, discussing, you know, things going on and meeting up in the locker room and they're facing off in the main event tonight. So Batista's like, yeah, I don't really feel like beating up my little brother, you know, cause they're just kind of playing off this big brother, little brother vibe they got. And, you know, they're like, it just kind of feels wrong, wrong. And, you know, Ray's like, you know, we'll have to put our friendship aside, but come, you know, come bragging rights because we'll, it's, you know, every man for himself. And they kind of joke back and forth about, you know, how it's, you know, they'll take it easy on each other tonight. But when the world titles on the line, they'll, you know, really ramp it up. So, Planting yeah. the seeds. Planting the seeds. And again, these guys, uh, I, it's really good storytelling. You know, uh, I don't, you know, obviously we know where the story's going, but I'm, yeah, I mean, it, it's subtle here. You don't quite know exactly what's going to happen if these two guys are really going to uh, break up or, or what, how exactly it's going to go down. So really well done, I think. Yeah, because Batista just come back from, an, uh, I think he had two injuries this year and he had come back. He missed Mania, right? And he came back right after. And then I think he was out again for a couple more months. Yeah, he was out and a then, lot. Because he came back right after Mania, the night after, I think. And then he came back, like, he was out again, and he came back to SmackDown. So, anyway, um, we see another, uh, like, a backstage vignette now later on. And it's um, it's it's kind of cool the way it's shot. It really reminded mm-hmm. me of just the older older days of Undertaker. And it's got that old school vibe. It's this shit. We see a shadow on the ground. The camera like slowly pans up, and it's got some, you know, some canned eerie music behind it. And Taker says that it has been said that history has a way of repeating itself. But not in my yard. CM Punk 
Theodore Long, Scott Armstrong. Once again, the three of you have decided to tempt your own fates and rest the Holy Grail from Death's Grip. I think you should know that once you enter Hell's Gates, there's no turning back. CM Punk at Bragging Rights, I will take your soul. And in one week's time, I will give you your last rights. little bit of thunder a little, little graphic for next week's submission match and, and i appreciate it they're building it up as a big deal you know a- why was that not ever one of undertaker's moves the last rites well, i guess because he had the last ride i guess that's i guess you don't need yeah both. we had that last rights uh no that was called the last ride match wasn't it though the ambulance match with the uh-huh yeah with uh, jbl with the yeah jbl yeah yeah you could have had the last rights or re- rename the choke slam the last rights or something like that so True. Set it apart from everybody else's choke slam. Yeah, but, <clears throat> missed opportunity. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, maybe he'll come back and do one more match and <laughs> call it the last <laughs> rites. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, it was left hand tied behind his back. The last rites. Oh, That'd be great. Wow. That was old school flavor. There you right go. There. There's the king of dad jokes <laughs> coming back. It's been a while. <laughs> well. Yeah. All right. So. Later on, we're going to get Ray and Batista in the main event. And this is kind of a fun little match because, you know, Batista's kind of touring around with him. Kind of, It reminded me of, like, me and my brother wrestling as a kid because he's so much bigger than me and so much – just we're just – we're built differently. I mean, we really are. I was a little pipsqueak, and he was not. So, But you made him um, tap you know, out to the, the walls of Jericho. It reminds me of – oh, I will always have that win. I don't care if it's – I'm one in, one in 190, <laughs> but that one win, it means more than the 190 losses. <laughs> Seriously, I've told that story on here, but it's great. I love it. So, what's the worst he ever me beat you up? Like, what's what, was there like a beat down where you were like just like really mad at him, crying? Uh, one time he grilled press slammed me over his head into the lake, like at the lake, and when he threw me in there, I landed on the side of my ear, and I think my I'm little my eardrum popped, but I couldn't hear for like the rest of the day. So, <laughs> yeah. And I was mad because it was a Saturday when we got home that night. And I was trying to watch Saturday night at 6.05, and I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> you couldn't yeah. hear the Barry Darso match. <laughs> couldn't hear, yeah. Couldn't hear the Renegade versus Barry Darso. <laughs> I was frustrated. So, yeah, I was a little frustrated about that one. I but, can see oh, that. He took it easy. He would beat me up. I took it. He took it. Yeah, that one, that was a complete accident. But yeah, I really hurt my eardrum. And uh, I was just really, really, really hurt. But... Anyway, it's kind of like that. So, Batista kind of you know taking it you know, to him. Not really, you know, they're not really going heavy. But then later on, in a really cool spot here, Mysterio actually reverses Batista, Batista bomb into Hurricane Rana and rolls Batista up, gets a clean pin. But you can see Batista's shoulder come up, uh, but the referee's on the opposite side. So, pretty cool there. It's not you know Ray's not cheating to win. You know, Batista's not throwing a huge fit afterward, but he's kind of like telling the ref like you know. My shoulder was up, and ref's like, "Yeah, sorry, pal." You know, I was on the other <laughs> side, so there's no instant replay here. So they kind of, you know, 
shake hands and hug. This reminds me of the uh, like uh, MVP Matt Hardy stuff where they go back and forth trying to one up each other. A little bit of that. So friendly, friendly rivalry. So Batista leaves in and kind of is clapping for Ray as he's celebrating in the ring and seeing Punk sneaks up from out of the crowd and hits a go to sleep on Mysterio and bails out to the crowd. Batista comes down, check on Ray and checking on his friend here. And that's how we close the show here. Yeah. And this is another in a quick three week build. They're just cranking out these pay-per-views every three weeks here uh, in the latter half of 2009. Uh, Go home show is going to be October 23rd, 2009. And, uh, yeah, we've got the big main event is going to be the breaking point rematch submission match between Undertaker and CM Punk with Scott Armstrong and uh, as referee Teddy Long at ringside. They're building that up all night long here for the world title. The show opens up with a recap of the events of breaking point. So they're just really hammering that home. A lot of storyline to dig through on this episode. Yeah. Uh, so Punk and Scott Armstrong and Teddy Long are all talking backstage. Punk is just smiling all night. He thinks he's got this wrapped up. Uh, but Scott Armstrong says, look, tonight's going to be different because the events of Breaking Point ruined my reputation. And Teddy Long says, I'm still on probation. Let me explain this to both of you. I'm still on probation. I could lose my job over this. Even worse, I could lose my life if I'm not careful here. Oh, God. What is with you guys? <laughs> so he he knows the power of the Undertaker, I guess. <laughs> Or Vince. Or Vince. Yeah, you never know. Uh, Punk says, look, why is tonight any different than Montreal? We we had this all planned out. This all worked great last time. And Scott Armstrong says, if I've learned anything, it's that a man is only as good as his word. And Punk needs to find someone else to do his dirty work tonight. Uh, And all I can say about Scott Armstrong is there's a reason he didn't have a lot of promo time during his career. Yeah. I mean, Road Dog got all the charisma. <laughs> all the in that personality family. in that family. Yep. Uh, I mean, and then Brad got some, but apparently Brad was more like uh, charismatic backstage. Always, Austin always talks about that. You know, Brad Armstrong was awesome. Then he go out out in the red lights on. He's like, yeah, he just lost all his charisma. And then Scott and Steve did the same thing. But he was great in the ring. <laughs> I lo- I loved watching Brad Armstrong. Man, he's like my favorite. One of my favorite oh, jobbers, WCW. I mean, I guess he was more Absolutely. than a jobber, but, uh, you know, not, you know, lower-tier lower kind of guy. Anyway, Vince is on the other side of the door as Scott Armstrong's walking out and says, we need to talk, pal. Um, again, backstage, we've got uh, Mysterio and Batista. They're talking backstage, and Ray's, like, ribbing Batista about beating him last week. Um, and... Here's a fun moment. Ray says him and Dominic took some time this weekend to watch Batista's new DVD. Mm. So WWE 2020 star Dominic Mysterio, uh, a little yeah. cameo here. Uh, and Batista says, yeah, you know, that DVD was missing one thing. Uh, me winning my sixth world title this Sunday at bragging rights. So good line from Batista as a, uh, him and Rey Mysterio are going to team up later on tonight, and they're facing the co-captains of Team SmackDown, Chris Jericho and Kane, uh, who actually work really well together in this match. It's a long match here, uh, and, but Ray and Batista do get the win. Uh, Batista finishes off Kane after a spear, so they're uh, back in harmony with one another, back working well together and getting some more momentum hanging into the pay-per-view. Uh, and then, oh, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, it's just building that story. You know, this, like, like I said earlier, this is a tell of two stories. You got Ray and Batista, and then you also have Punk and uh, Taker. And we'll talk about that as we get to the pay per view. Like, why? These could have been two separate matches on the show. Could have. Yeah, could have easily. So Vince is giving a pep talk backstage to Scott Armstrong, to Punk, and Teddy Long all together. Scott's got his head in his hands. He just looks distraught. Punk's smiling. Teddy's kind of just shaking his head in the background. Vince says, I can just feel change in the air tonight. Teddy Long, you deserve a gold star for making this match. Um, Everyone just needs to go out there and and do their job here tonight. And uh, Vince starts talking about WrestleMania season and, and the Hall of Fame and asks Scott if, you know, don't you think your dad, Bullet Bob Armstrong, wouldn't he just make a great Hall of Fame candidate this year? And Scott's like, yes, sir, that would, that would be wonderful. And Vince says, well, just keep that in mind tonight and slaps him on the back. So there's Vince's bribery for Scott Armstrong to do the right thing here tonight. Well, he's a year early, isn't he? Yeah, we got to see Bullet Bob going to the Hall of Fame in Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Yeah. Well, that Spoiler takes alert for how the rest of the night's going to go. <laughs> you didn't quite earn it on this night. That no. submission match, obviously, is the main event here. Uh, interestingly, CM Punk walks out with the referee and the general manager by his side. And uh, Punk's got a mic, says... I can't begin to explain to you how empowering it is and how unstoppable it makes me feel when I walk into an arena such as this one and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I can physically dissect humiliate and beat down everybody sitting in it which is a fantastic <laughs> heel line <laughs> yeah that's so good <laughs> and he said he feels well, he's un- like not a big imposing guy either so it's even better you know yes exactly he's like six foot one 220 pounds you know so that just infuriates every redneck out in the crowd uh, Punk says he feels unstoppable, knowing he's about to beat The Undertaker, make him tap out for the second time ever here tonight. And says Undertaker's not going to be able to conjure up some sort of dark miracle to beat him. And his bragging rights begin tonight as he once again becomes straight-edge world champion. Um, do you think Vince gives everyone a gold star whenever they can work the pay-per-view name into their promo? Uh, apparently. So he's giving out gold stars here. So, yeah, I think he gives them something, maybe some kind of royalty check or something. Oh, yeah, you get a bonus if you work the pay-per-view title into your promo. Or you just lose your push the next week. (laughs) Could be that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Punk waits patiently in the ring as the uh, distinguished demon of Death Valley makes his big entrance. And uh, good acting here from everyone, because as Taker gets in the ring, he just glares at Scott Armstrong and hands him the title. CM Punk, meanwhile, is smiling and clapping on the outside. As Michael Cole says, when have you ever seen someone smiling before they're about to face The Undertaker? Which is perfect commentary yeah. right there. And Taker, again, he stares down Teddy Long as well before the match starts. And they actually have a pretty decent, pretty long match here uh, before all the silliness goes down. And kind of shows you the potential they could have had. This feud, they never really got to go all out during this run. Of course, they'll get a WrestleMania match in a couple years, but didn't quite get there during this point but anyway you know what's about to happen here uh teddy long actually distracts undertaker as he's going for old school 
and that allows Punk to pull Undertaker down and start to take advantage of him. Punk asks Teddy to hand him a chair, but Teddy hands it to Scott Armstrong. He's like, I'm, you, if we're going to screw Undertaker over, you're going to be the one with blood on your hands. And uh, <laughs> Armstrong's like, I don't want it. I don't want to do with this. Um, Punk yanks it out of Armstrong's hands, but Undertaker boots the chair into Punk's face. Uh, Undertaker gives Armstrong this angry look and gives him a choke slam. He snaps his neck over to look at Teddy Long, who just starts backing up down the aisle. Uh, Taker gives him the throat slash, but as he's distracted with all this, Punk gives him a chair shot, cracks Undertaker over the head with it. But since uh, Scott Armstrong is still out, Punk yells for another referee to come out. Mike Kyoto runs in, um, and as Punk has Undertaker locked in the Anaconda device from this chair shot, Kyoto runs in. As soon as he gets in the ring, Taker flips it over and turns it into the Hell's Gate. So he's playing possum the whole time, and Punk is forced to tap out here. Undertaker retains his title despite all the interference, despite all the screwy stuff here. And Teddy looks like he's about to cry. Man, he just puts his head in his hands. He knows this is not going to end well for him as Undertaker takes his <laughs> title back, poses as we head into the pay-per-view, man. Um, you know, that was all, that was all well and good. That was actually pretty entertaining of a little angle right here, but none of this has anything to do with the pay-per-view. Like none of the Teddy Long, Scott Armstrong, McMahon stuff plays into this match at all. No. And that's the thing. So notice we've been talking about Ray and Batista, but they haven't even interacted with Taker at all. They've interacted with Punk because he came in and gave the go to sleep to Ray last week. But other than that, they haven't had any – well, I mean, Punk and Paul Batista too and beat him by count. But like, I'm just saying as far as like promos, there's been nothing, no promos about it, no backstage vignettes about it. It's been two isolated feuds thrown together in one, whereas I, I know you and I were texting about it. Like, they could have just done these as two different matches at the Bragging Rights pay-per-view, you know? Like this particular – submission rematch from bragging right or from breaking point could have been a match on the show yes. it could have kept all the teddy long stuff going and it would have played in just nicely a nice callback two months ago and then they could have done just a ray and batista maybe this build up these three weeks you know ray keeps sneaking wins over batista or you know they're in tag matches and he he get he tags real quick and at the end and gets the pinfall instead of batista get like they could have played something and just had two separate matches because of the outcome of this match you're going to have of this match in Bragging Rights, you're going to have the same exact like ending. You could have had the same ending this and done both those matches separately. Or here's this. Here's an idea. Have Batista and Ray on the Bragging Rights team and do their whole big angle mm-hmm. after they lose that match. You know? Uh, there's there's mm-hmm. many other ways they could have done this. But um, I will say... I'm not. I won't complain too much because the match we get is kind of fun here uh, as we get into Bragging Rights sure. 2009. But yeah, uh, the storyline left a lot to be desired as far as the buildup for this particular match. But uh, this takes place October 25th, 2009, from the Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Man, I just feel like we've done a ton of pay-per-views from Pittsburgh. That is a stronghold for WWE. I feel like they go back there over and over again. But. Uh, i never seen this one. Never seen either Bragging yeah, Rights. Yeah, this, this is something. Oh, yeah, me neither. But this one, I didn't send it to you in my notes. I sent you, but I wrote it down later. But um, this is the site of the Hell in a Cell between Taker and Mankind from 98. 
So which that as was here we're recording in this, this in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, and two days ago was the twenty second anniversary. Yeah, exactly. So it's crazy, and um, this is also the last pay per view in this arena is going to be demolished soon after. And they're going to go to the, I think they opened up that PPG arena over oh, there in Pittsburgh. Okay. So that's where they've been at since then. So, but yeah, um, like you said, I remember this pay-per-view. I'd never seen it. And I just thought it was a weird idea. And I'll let you talk about that too. Cause you pointed out in your notes as well. Like the concept of this pay-per-view. Well, we're here October 25th. Um, what pay-per-view comes up in November every year? Uh, the survivor series. <laughs> the survivor series. Thanksgiving family tradition. And what's the gimmick for Survivor Series? Uh, teams of five strive to survive. <laughs> for so, for um, the winner take all. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, twenty brand supremacy. Twenty something like, years at, at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, and they've done Raw versus <laughs> yeah. SmackDown before too. And here we are, three weeks out from that, and we've got another pay per view that is about a big brand on brand tag team match. It's seven on seven this time, but. Man, just like you're hearing about that and you're like, why? Like you're just devaluing Survivor Series and this mm-hmm. is pointless. Like there's no stakes to it. Um, it's just a stupid trophy. Like neither brand gets anything. Nobody gets a title shot or anything like that. It's just uh, – it feels like they're not even trying. Like uh, I don't know, man. No. They're just phoning it in. And like you said, if you give me seven on seven – why would I want to tune in next month to see five on five? Right. That's less bang for my buck, you know? And another bone I had to pick, which is not that big of like issue, but like, where's ECW? They're still a brand. Why is this only Robert Smackdown? ECW is the third brand and they only have one match on this entire pay-per-view and it's actually on he or whatever the heck the pre-show is called. And it's Christian defending his ECW title against Paul Burchill. <laughs> Pirate Paul. <laughs> Main event anywhere in the country. Maybe that's why they're not in this Survivor Series <laughs> or Dragon Rats match, but still, like, you obviously don't value that brand. If I mean, I don't know. That sounds like a is what it is. WWE Saturday Night match. If I ever heard of one, Christian versus Paul Burchill. Well, <laughs> well, if it was a night I got thrown in the lake, I wouldn't have heard it. So. <laughs> well, I mean, just this whole idea of brand supremacy has just, in my opinion, for me, has never clicked the way they've wanted it to like maybe in the early early days of raw versus smackdown there was a little bit of a rivalry like an o2 and a little bit when they first brought it back in 2016 there was a little raw smackdown rivalry and smackdown was good again but for the most part I, you just i don't care like when you change we talked about the draft a few weeks ago and how basically the entire mm-hmm. rosters flipped like how am i supposed to care about one brand over the other when there's no guy like the undertakers the one guy who just is a smackdown guy yeah <laughs> who else is a smackdown guy at this point every they just change back and forth so much right the most recent memory that it's actually mattered and i thought was cool was last year 2019 when they brought nxt and they actually gave nxt a chance mm-hmm. and yeah it was a lot of clustery matches with the five on five on five but like giving NXT a chance to shine and showing that they were the underdog and they were the little engine that could. That was cool to me. And it came out of necessity too because of that Saudi Arabia plane debacle. So I loved it. I loved it last year. It was really fun. But uh, you're right, man. It just, these brands, like if you, if it was like the winner of this match or Survivor Series gets the number 30 slot in the 
in the Royal Rumble, and the loser team gets the number one through four spot, or something, you know, something like that. Like that'd be cool. That's way too far to plan ahead, though, for Vince. Oh, so. for sure. But yeah, it's the only way to make something like this matter is to give us some stakes like yeah. that. Um, well, this is obviously you've got that giant seven on seven match. Uh, you've also got an Iron Man match with Cena and Orton on this pay-per-view. So it's a weird show with only five matches on it. Uh, and those two matches are going to eat up a ton of time, um, which is one reason why this match is uh, such a sprint. But uh, it's going to go on third in the card here of this five-man show. Uh, and also weird is this commentary team of Tool Grisham, Jerry Lawler, and Michael Cole. Uh, we saw uh, Lawler on SmackDown on Friday, although we didn't mention it. But this is, uh, I believe, due to JR suffering uh, another round of Bell's palsy at this point in time. Man, this guy, he's never been able to catch a break in his life, man. <laughs> I, I know, man. I was i was wondering. I was like, why was he out? And I was doing a little digging and researching. It was saying, you know, I was finding on dirt. She said, this was, I think it's what third or fourth round of bells balls at this point you know mm -hmm, something like that. uh so yeah I, I don't remember this particular because i wasn't watching it religiously and um i didn't have cable at this point uh, uh in my apartment with my wife but um you know i knew it was smackdown so i wasn't keeping up with it as much as i would raw but you know anyway uh yeah poor old jr is out again so but this, um, you know, earlier I told you guys to remember that about that promo that Alex talked about uh, with Taker uh, talking about his opponents. That's basically the video buildup for the, for the <laughs> <That's> uh, <it. laughs> uh, match here. It's, you know, that was for a promo video. Yeah, and it's Taker's promo with uh, little spliced in visuals and different like, different times in history that he's interacted with, like Ray and with Batista and stuff like that. So it's not even from this time period. It's like stuff from back in the day. But I thought it was kind of neat, though, that, but again, it just shows that how shallow this build was because it's only Taker's one promo. But. But it shows you how great the WWE's video team is because you just go watch this video oh, you're watching yeah. this pay-per-view. If you're not doing the research like us, you think, oh, these guys have had a, this intense feud with the four of them. But it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. these oh, guys. Yeah. They do a great job. Great job. You can tell they're short on time here, man, because uh, very quick entrances for Fatal 4-Way. Batista doesn't waste any time coming out. Mysterio's out next. Uh, him and Batista shake hands as Ray gets in the ring. And then Punk's out third, and he's moving pretty quickly. And, and even The Undertaker has a pretty brisk pace as he makes his entrance. Yeah, he does, man. And I just want to comment real quick on these entrances. I just... We haven't seen a lot of Rey Mysterio on Talking Taker, you know, uh, not a lot of interactions with him and stuff. But I just, I loved watching him here, just watching how his interactions with his kids and the crowd, man, like, he is just the ultimate baby face, you know. And I mean, I know he's he's pretty active on Raw in 2020 right now, too. But just, he's always, I don't know, man, it's just some people just have it and they just have that instant chemistry with the crowd. And he's always had it, dude. I just, it was really fun to see that because then you trans, you, uh, juxtapose that with punk coming out and the crowd just loathes him and he is a one-of-a-kind heel at this point on smackdown like he actually is hated he's getting real heat we talked about that and it kind of chopped a leg out wondering my taker taking that title away from him but you know it's okay he's gonna he'll rebound and have a nice little career but i just it was really cool to see an ultimate baby face like ray and then also taker come out but then you have this punk who's just getting real you know, booed 
and says this place sucks again. He just he hates places <laughs> he's at. So I love it. You're right though. It's four all timers here. It's it's sort of an underrated, forgotten match. I mean, but the star power yeah. here. I mean, these are these are the four top guys on SmackDown, no doubt about it. Um, if you'd had a better story going into this, I think, uh, and if they'd been able to go a little bit longer, uh, people would really, really talk about this match. Um, but again, I really appreciate the acting here, and it just speaks to what great performers all these guys are. Uh, I'm sure nobody told them to do this. It all just came naturally. But as Undertaker gets in the ring, uh, Punk and Mysterio both bail out, and they stand on the outside while Taker makes his entrance. Batista, however, he just stays in the corner Doing a little uh, hopping in place, Love staring it. down the dead man. He's not intimidated by him, which is a great nod to just Batista's character mm-hmm. and to these two guys' history. Just all four guys playing their parts to a T. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Like you said, Batista showing he's not intimidated. He's been there. He battled Taker. Punk's out of the ring because he's a heel. He's been out of the ring every time he's faced Taker yet. Uh, we've, took, we've covered here. He's a heel. Mysterio's out of the ring out of respect, not out of fear, but like out of, oh, I'm respecting the aura of the takers. Like, so it just really, these guys know their characters. And like you said, they're three all timers, man. There's three pros or four pros, right? Including Taker. But yeah, really, really cool. Um, really cool stuff. And then Tony Chimmel's going to make the formal, formal ringing introductions. And Batista gets a good reaction. And Ray is, you know, loved by everybody. And Punk is loving the booze he's getting. I love this part. He takes his shirt off. And he just throws it in Batista's face and look like for shoot, he just dips out of the ring and Batista <laughs> comes at him. So Another great, great character moment though. I mean, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. That's so good here. Um, and man, this match is off to the races here. As soon as the bell rings, um, it's going to be tough to cover everything that happens here. It all moves mm-hmm. really, really fast. And it's like, it's like big moves, big stuff out of the gate. Uh, Punk runs at Mysterio uh, as soon as the bell rings, takes him out, and then he kind of leads Batista into Undertaker. Uh, Taker hits Batista, uh, and then Punk takes the dead man into the corner and starts getting in some shots on him to dominate the early seconds of the match. Uh, But then Taker just up and tosses Punk out of the ring, and Mysterio runs out and dives onto Punk. Yeah, and just throat tosses him over the top rope, man, to the outside. It was just... Whew, what a bump, dude. And did you notice Punk's rocking his orange and black tonight? I guess in Spirit of Halloween. I did not pick up on that. But, yeah, very good. Yeah, fresh digs, man. Got the black trunks with the orange, uh, you know, Chicago star oh, yeah. stuff on it. So he was always good about was doing that. pretty cool. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a few years later, he'll have actual spider webs on his knee pads and stuff like that. So, But, anyway... Yeah, Batista and Taker going at it in the ring at this point, and Taker hits a running dive and clothesline. Ray sprints in there and kicks Taker, and then winds up drop kicking him over the top rope. And then Ray's going to bounce off the ropes to to basically probably baseball slide Taker, but Taker slides in real quick and just sticks his foot up and boots Ray down in the face. So a lot of just quick action. Oh yeah, Ray's just a bumping machine for these giants here tonight, man. He's gonna mm-hmm. take. He's gonna be sore uh, the next morning. Uh, Undertaker goes back after Batista, goes for old school, and actually connects on the first attempt. Man, haven't seen that in a long time. And, yeah. uh, unfortunately, though, he, he gets a little too confident and goes for old school again on Mysterio. But Punk's going to get in and uh, crotch Undertaker on the top rope. 
Uh, Punk kicks Mysterio out of the ring. Uh, goes for a superplex on Taker. Taker headbutts Punk down, but Punk gets back up and does hit the superplex on Undertaker. And then Mysterio pops right back in the ring and gets a splash on Undertaker. Yeah, he gets like a frog splash off the top rope on Taker and covers him, but then Punk pulls him off and he actually grabs like Ray by like the pants and just slides him under the bottom rope, sends him crashing to the outside, <laughs> which is a nasty, nasty bump. So uh, Batista, he comes in, he's wailing away on Punk, nails a clothesline, uh, power slam to Punk, and you know, does the ultimate warrior thing thing that uh shaking the ropes like he uh, like uh, batista likes to do here uh shakes the ropes but taker's gonna take advantage of that he boots batista down uh mysterio pops back in again he comes off the top rope goes for a hurricane rana on undertaker taker catches him pops him up for the last ride but batista gets back up and he spears undertaker while he's holding Rey mysterio and uh mysterio kind of lands on top of him and we're gonna get another seen a tension between Ray and Batista here uh, as they face off. They can't decide who's going to go for the pin here on Undertaker. Yeah, really cool storytelling there. Like if you've been following this feud, you know, who's going to who's going to pin him? Who's going to let the other one win the world title, you know? So, uh they both kind of stare at each other at this point and then um but they're kind of waste too much time because Taker sits up and just goozles Ray by the throat. Batista hits him from behind and uh, Taker drops throat first over the middle term or over the middle rope, and Ray's going to hit a six one nine. And Taker is, you know, kind of gets up from that and turns around right into a spine buster from Batista, and he goes and covers uh, Taker. But then Punk is going to come in and drop kick Batista off. Dude, so I really fast paced action. That near fall reminded me of the super kick into the pedigree from WrestleMania mm-hmm. uh, 28. You know, it's obviously not the same level mm-hmm. of a match uh, as as that WrestleMania match, but sure. all, j- almost just as good of a near fall. Man, it was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool hitting those back to back big moves there on Taker. I uh, loved it. Uh, but like you said, Punk's going to make the save. Uh, he hits go to sleep on Mysterio. He gets a two count. Batista breaks up that cover. Uh, but then Batista, he walks right over into Hell's Gate. So finisher, 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 finisher. Uh, Punk breaks that up. He hits some ground and pound on Undertaker. Uh, Taker slowly gets up. Uh, Punk hits that running knee into the corner. It uh, looks like he's about to go for that bulldog, that combo move that he always does. But Undertaker catches him. He hits the last ride on Punk. Uh, another big two count, but Batista's going to break up that cover. Yeah. Batista it up, and then he and Taker trade punches in the middle and do the yeah, boo spot, which, again, if you're in there with Taker, he's getting yeah, and you're getting booed. I mean, no matter how big of a baby face you oh, yeah. are. So, But then King, the King says... These two are literally throwing bombs. bombs. I recommend you leave, then. (laughs) Throwing bombs. Literally? They're not literally throwing bombs. That would be horrible. (laughs) There's a terroristic attack going on inside (laughs) the arena. Oh, my God. It's war zone. Literally throwing bombs. Yeah. It's not good. I just just had to point that out. I mean, it's no DQ. It's a fatal (laughs) four-way. I guess you could <laughs> literally throw a bomb at each other. It's like a Wario out there. Probably against the fire just code throwing bombs. Arena. <laughs> oh. Oh, playing oh. the Smash Bros. with my boys tonight. It's like a Link. I always do that. Down B and throw a bomb at him. So. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> Did you beat them? Dude, they'll beat me all the time. Really? Uh, I beat them sometimes, but they'll beat me a lot. My oh, three-year-old man. will beat me. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, beat me. It's a, it's crazy. He's crazy good <laughs> for a three-year-old. They just come out of the womb knowing how to play video games these days, man. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> but it's the Wii. It's from 2006. They think it's new. They're like, oh, this is great, Dad. I'm like, yeah, this is 15 oh, years old. The Wii old. was great. He has I have no idea. It. It's awesome. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> Well, somehow uh, these guys recover from the bombs being thrown. Uh, Taker goozles Batista, hits a choke slam. <laughs> Punk's gonna break up this cover. Undertaker goes for a choke slam on Punk, but Punk kicks Taker's leg out of his leg. Uh, he comes running at Taker, but Taker tosses him over the top rope. So they got Taker and Batista left alone in the ring. Taker does the throat slash tombstone attempt. Uh, Batista wiggles out, hits the Batista bomb, nails it. Cover. But Mysterio breaks up that cover, and he goes for his own to try and steal the win off of Batista's move, but Batista shoves him off, and Batista is pissed. He, he yells at Ray, like, yeah. you're supposed yeah. to be my friend. And he shoves Mysterio down and boots him out of the ring. Yeah, he, like, face palms him and just shoves him out of the ring there, and, you know, it's really getting up in the ante here of their rivalry. Their friendly rivalry is going a little not-so-friendly. So maybe he, yeah, maybe he ruined his season on WWE 2K with Chris Masters. Maybe he got mad at him. <laughs> but uh, anyway, because it's distraction, Batista turns around and gets choke slammed again, but kicks out at two. Yeah, he kicks out at two. Undertaker signals for a choke slam again, but Batista fights out of it this time. Uh, double clothesline. Both guys go down. Punk. Tries to run in and steal a cover on Batista. He kicks out. Punk rolls over to Undertaker. Taker kicks out as well. Um, Batista tosses Punk out of the ring. Uh, then Mysterio comes diving in onto Batista. But Batista catches him and hurls him out of the ring onto Punk. Man, Mysterio just taking a beating tonight. Oh, yeah, he is, man. And that bump is nasty. Like you said, Batista throws him over the top rope onto Punk on the outside. And Batista turns around, and Taker's going to hit a tombstone on him out of nowhere. Does a classic pin, and The Undertaker wins the match here at 9 minutes and 55 seconds while Ray and Punk are laying on the outside. So The Undertaker has successfully defended his World Heavyweight Championship, and he is still the champ. He is still the champ, retains the title, and he gets out of Dodge pretty quickly, man. So uh, you kind of suspecting something's up there. Uh, He doesn't pose in the ring. They show some replays. Um, Taker walks right past a fan with a giant sign that says, I have swine flu, which, uh, that's also a problem. <laughs> that might be worse than throwing bombs. <laughs> that's where the pandemic started back then. <laughs> Rough, Batman. <laughs> Golly. It could be. It's not the first time some pandemics hit a WWE show. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, man. But, uh, Undertaker does. That pin match. <laughs> Undertaker poses with the title, and uh, massive tool Josh Matthews is going to get in the ring and try to stir up some trouble here with Rey Mysterio and Batista. Yeah, he's in there, and he's like, oh, you know, tell me about your loss. <laughs> like, right? Like, oh, he's trying to be all Joe Rogan here, I guess. What a jerk, <laughs> man. What's yeah. his problem? Tell me about how it felt to not win this match. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a doofus. But anyway... Ray's like, you know, he's an ultimate babyface. You know, we did our best, and we had a little confrontation, but, you know, we're brothers, and it's a good try, good try, and he hugs Batista, and 
you know, we, we were so close and there's going to be another day where we get our chance. And, and then, uh, you know, I think Josh Matthews then asked Batista, how do you feel? You know, and Batista's leaning on Ray. They're kind of holding each other up. And he's like, you guys think we we're close? You guys think we were close? The fans were cheering, and Batista's like, I don't think we were close. I think I was close. And there you can see what's going to happen here. And Batista is so calm here, too. He's he's not yelling. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's out of breath, Mm-mm. and he's just like, I don't think we were close. Uh, I think my best friend just stabbed me in the back. And, like, Mysterio's just, like, kind of mm-hmm. confused. He's just, he's kind of, like, nervously laughing and Batista is just so calmly menacing. He, he's not losing his crap. He's just calmly saying this stuff. And um, Batista says, Mysterio's like begging him to like, come on, man, what are, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Batista's like, I'm, I'm not playing. Right. I'm not playing. I'm going to rip your head off. And just clotheslines Ray and beats the crap out of him. Yeah, you see, after he says, I'm going to rip your head off, you see his whole demeanor change. His whole face gets angry. You know, you said he's not yelling and screaming. He's almost at that Jake the Snake uh, line of promoing where he's just calm, quiet. And it reminded me, we touched on this talking about 2008, but, you know, No Country for Old Men, the bad guy, Antoine Chigurh, he was like this. His character was calm was cool was collected he just said what he was going to do and he did it he didn't make a big scene out of it you know screaming and yelling we talked about how jericho admitted that he borrowed that part of you know from that movie as his character in 2008 so i just you know when you just said that it really reminded me of that character and i think batista probably took some some uh some examples from that honestly and he's doing a great job here but like you said he clotheslines ray and just punts him in the head and he's yelling at him and he's choking him on the outside against the apron and he's just taking all this frustration out on him and slamming him into the barricade. And um, really, really cool, really memorable, really well done. And is this his first heel turn since 2005 when he turned babyface on Triple H? I believe so, yeah. And that's why it, part of it's so effective here. It's it's going to lead yeah. into the uh, final few months of his initial run with WWE before that come back in 2014. Very, very memorable. I think a lot of people remember this heel turn way more than they remember this match. Um, <laughs> talking about mm-hmm. that calm anger, uh, it reminds me of like, uh, you ever had a teacher or a, uh, a youth pastor or, or, a, or a parent or somebody that that's so mad they're they're very calm about their anger and that's like almost even scarier than them yelling at you. It's like when they're just like, Mm-hmm. Like a real quiet anger. It's like, oh, oh, okay, something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is this this man is sort of actually worse than someone yelling at me. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit scarier, even. Yep. Uh, and I've done that before as a as a youth pastor. I've gotten to that point. Uh, I did that as a teacher when I taught high school. I mm-hmm. was just like that. I would just be. I wouldn't yell and rape my voice. I'd just be real quiet, and my kids would know. I never closed on them afterwards. I would have gotten. Me <laughs> I fired, wanted to though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I wanted to close on him and throw me against the barricade, but I never did. <laughs> but, man, it, this is all Josh Matthews' fault. Had he not gotten the ring and stirred yes. up stuff between these guys, it would have been they would have worked it out. He's stirring up crap. Massive duel. I know. Yeah. Get out of here, man. That sucks. <laughs> but, 
man, this this leads to my favorite Batista. I think this era of Batista might be one of my favorites, man. I just, oh man, I loved him, him winning the Rumble in two thousand five and that stuff. And I loved his stuff with with uh, with Taker. But as far as like his character work, this is my favorite Batista. Like his character work, where he's his heel run here at the end and to when he quits in a wheelchair on Raw in 2010. Yes. It's just so good, man. I love like Hollywood Batista. It's so good. You know, <laughs> people talk about, and rightfully so, how quickly Kurt Angle picked up the business and just like was went from zero to 100, just like being awesome. Mm-hmm. Batista's not that, wasn't that quick, but man, he became really, really good really, really fast. And... Um, mm-hmm. it's not the same kind of good, you know, not that technical wizard that Kurt Angle is, but like Batista's, Mm-mm. Batista's awesome. Like, I, I'm so glad he was going into yeah. the Hall of Fame this year and just such a great performer. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave it his all every time. Uh, he's, he's low key. One of my favorite guys. Oh, I love Batista. Yeah. He's fantastic. I've always been a fan of his. So, um, I was even a fan of his when he came back in 20, was that 14, 13? Yeah. 14 yeah. yeah i was a fan of that i didn't but um you know that was the wrong place wrong time for him <laughs> but he went right, with it he was right, like oh, right i don't place, have to be a baby face yeah. I'll, oh, yeah i'll be a heel like that's that's fine that i great. prefer doing that um yeah. well dude i thought this yep. match was really fun i was not expecting it yeah it's short it's just a little sprint um reminded me of that final four match from 97 uh obviously a lot shorter but just all action the whole time. Just a bunch of big moves. Everybody going 110. percent And uh, I recommend people check this out if you've never seen it. It's, it won't take much time, but uh, it's quite enjoyable. Yeah, and there's no there's no chair shot. There's no big mm-hmm. table bump. There's no over the mm-hmm. barricade and into the audience. Nothing yeah. like that. It's just all, you know, nobody sleeping in the corner. And if they are, like, like at the, like the ending made sense. Punk got knocked, or Punk got knocked, or Ray got thrown out. Punk got thrown onto him, or whatever, vice versa. And then you know it led to something. It was organic. It didn't just they weren't just sleeping on the outside for no reason in yeah. the ending game. So really, really cool, fun match. Nice little scramble, and yeah, I, a lot of action and movement in the ring the whole time. And again, it's under ten minutes. I mean, it's a sprint. So um, really, really fun. They did the best. They squeezed as much lemonade as they could out of this lemon. You know. <laughs> As far as a modern uh, Fatal Four Way match, this is this is about yeah. as good as it gets uh, right here. So, I would highly, highly recommend it as far as a hidden gem. Uh, but we want to hear mm-hmm. what you guys think. Uh, do you love this match? Uh, had you seen it before? Uh, do you have a different opinion of it than us? Hit us up, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Talking Taker. You know where to go to find us. Uh, you can leave a comment or leave a review or a rating on any of the podcasting services that you're listening to this on, and that does help us out a huge bit. Uh, we're recording this a little bit early, so I don't have anybody's comments or commentary to bring in here, but uh, we'll throw those in on another episode uh, if you guys want to send that in. And we will keep rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride as we come to Survivor Series 2009. Another one-off unique match here as The Undertaker defends the world title in a triple threat this time against The Big Show and their never-ending feud. But uh, for the 20th time we're getting Big Show, we also get a first-timer here on Talking Taker. 
Hard to believe, over 10 years, these guys have never faced off on pay-per-view, but it's going to be Chris Jericho as the third man in this Fatal 4-Way. Uh, I'm intrigued and interested to watch this one back. Yeah, me too. I've never seen that match either, so I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, I got, him and Jericho were in on the Survivor Series, or Invasion, same side of the tag same team, team that, one day. And That's uh, it. Survivor we Series, have- yeah. They haven't been opponents at all, so Mm-mm. yeah, it's crazy. And they're only going to be be opponents what one more time? And an uh, elimination chamber match uh, on the next year. Yep, coming mm-hmm. up. So uh, one of the... almost had it in Saudi Arabia, the first Saudi right. Arabia show. Almost had it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from the whole time Undertaker's been around, it's it's wild that him and Jericho never had a singles pay per view match, and yet Luther wins. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> But, oh, man, I, I'm done. Yeah, you just killed it there. I did. I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, we appreciate all the love, all the support, all the retweets, um, all the listens, all the feedback that you guys give us. Uh, so many of you guys listen every week, uh, going through the whole series, new listeners out there. If you're just joining us off of the Last Ride series, we appreciate you joining us as well. Uh, we're going to keep this thing going. If you want to support the show, best thing you can do is to share it, to uh, spread the word to your friends and listen every week, subscribe to it. If you want to support us monetarily, you can go pick up a Talking Taker t-shirt. we got a few different designs at tpublic.com. You can get a tank top for this brutal summer heat. Uh, you can get a face mask to help stop the pandemic and stop the spread. I got my mask. I, I got a different mask I wear into work, but I, I do wear my Take Your Easy mask uh, when I go into the store and when I go out uh, out in public. So uh, I, I try to try to rep the brand when I can out there. Also, want to give a quick shout out to our boys Mike and JV over at the Bottom Line Wrestling Podcast. They are going through the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin in much the same way that we go through the Undertaker's career over here. They are hitting WrestleMania 17. So, just the peak of the Attitude Era, the pinnacle of it, one of the greatest matches and uh, historic moments of Stone Cold Steve Austin's career. So, a great time to dig into them and listen to what they've got going on on their podcast and also want to plug that they've got some new merch out there for the first time they are jumping into the game they are selling t-shirts mugs and man they got us beat on this one Uh, i'm pretty jealous they have got a bottom line wrestling cast fanny pack yes sir (laughs) you have to see it to believe it go check them out they're at teespring.com so teespring.com slash shop slash bottom dash line dash wrestling dash cast you can find them over there search for them support them support their show they've always supported us so let's go over there and support them and uh yeah man um you want to you want to plug your new project oh yeah so at the time of this well the time by, by the time this is out i got some new songs on my youtube page uh it's just some songs i've recorded uh back in a couple months ago, my wife surprised me, uh, made a CD out of it. Uh, buddy at church put it out for me. It's a called Perspective. It's just kind of uh, five songs from the last, I guess, 15 years of uh, songs I've been writing and stuff. And they just kind of tell one story, but it's, it's called Perspective for a reason. And if you listen to it, you'll see it. It's a, I mean, those of you who aren't religious at all, it might throw you off a little bit, but that's fine. But I think you get something out of it if you're a parent or whatnot either. 
either. So, but um, anyway, yeah, it's it'll be out there on YouTube by the time this is out. So um, check it out if you would like to, and uh, appreciate all your support. It's no uh, taker easy, but it is. <laughs> yeah, you've heard Travis sing on here before, so if you enjoyed that, uh, go check this out. Uh, can people still get a physical CD? Do you still have some of those? Sure, if you want to hit me up on PayPal, uh, I'll put the link on my Facebook page and everything, and you can hit me up, and I will send. You'd be happy to send you one. It's just five bucks. Uh, you so. can you can DM us here uh, on Twitter or something. I'll pass it on to Travis as well. You know, Twitterless Travis. Sure. But, uh, if that's how you follow us, or Instagram mm-hmm. or Facebook, uh, let me know. I'll get the message to him if you want to pick it up and support him uh, for just a couple bucks. It's good stuff, man. I've been spending it in my CD player uh, in the car. I don't use the CD player often, but uh, I did. I popped it in there, popped the dust off the CD player, and put uh, per- perspective in there and spun <laughs> it. Uh, I enjoyed it, man. We, we've uh, we never shied away from our faith. Uh, we've always been honest about that on nope. this show. It's a big part of our lives, and um, it's not a huge subject of the show, but that's who we are, and that's what this music speaks to a lot. Um, so, yeah, it might be for you. It might not, but uh, I think check it out and get a preview of it on YouTube. We'll post, uh, we'll retweet those links as well, so you can uh, check out the music as well and support Travis and uh, his non-Undertaker-related endeavors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you being here. Thank you for your support over the last two weeks as we've broken down the last ride, and um, that was really, really fun to do, and really uh, it just felt timely, like we should go ahead and release that now instead of waiting until the end of his career. So really good stuff, and thank you for that. And if you were there at the Mellon Arena this night in Pittsburgh, if you're the guy that had swine flu, are you still alive? <laughs> Is that, Are you still – have you gotten – well, never mind. Uh, have, you, have you been able to avoid this pandemic? I hope you have. So if you're the guy with the CM Chump uh, uh, sign, I'd love to talk to you and see uh, just how – uh, if it was your dad that came up with that or if it was you. But anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe out there and uh, spread the word, not the virus. And uh, more importantly, well, not really more importantly, but more importantly for us here is take her easy. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you all watched Hell in a Cell this past Sunday. So, so I would like to congratulate the new world heavyweight champion, The Undertaker!